Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Spectres, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with my good buddy Sam and a whole host of other people. Sam, we've got a big patron chat this week again. What do you think, man? This is easily, uh, I think, the biggest patron chat we've had. I think um, maybe so. Yeah. How many people do I count here? 11 plus you and me. So that's yeah. 13. And we might have a 14th joining us. So, um, And this is going to be a fun episode because we are talking about the top thing that you would like to see in Mass Effect 5. And we know we're getting every week we're getting a little bit closer to Mass Effect 5 coming out. And so we're going to we're going to talk with each of our patrons and get a lot of different ideas here. And I think they're probably going to say some maybe controversial things, maybe some things that we're all like, yes, absolutely. So we're going to see where this conversation goes. But let's go through and introduce everybody real quick. I'm going to just call you out. Feel free to say hi, everybody. We've got Genesis joining us again. Genesis, welcome. Yep. Hello. Hello. And then Cloudy Atlas. Hi, everybody. I did my work this time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Welcome. Uh, and Wesbotron. Wesbotron, welcome. Hello. Hello. And William H. Howdy. Howdy. And Soda. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> hey, Soda. And Vemberg. Oh. Welcome. I don't know if I said your name right. I'm notoriously bad at pronouncing things. <laughs> um, and then X Factor, welcome. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing out there today? Good, good. And Wynn is back. Wynn, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah. And Apollo. Hello, good to be here. And Captain Shanko. Good to be here, too. And Mike. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Man, this is a full house. This is awesome. So how do we want to do this? We have so many people. Does anybody like off the top of your head just have a I absolutely know what I want to go. OK, Wesbotron is raising his hand. Wesbotron is ready to kick us off. What do you want to see in Mass Effect 5? It's more like who I don't want to see. Oh, okay. probably one of the only ones I I'm very adamant that I do not want Shepard in a Mass Effect 5. Woo! Wow. It's right out the gate. Boom. Right, <laughs> right, right at the beginning. Okay. So what's your justification for this? Uh, he's, his story is complete. I, in my head, I can't see why they would bring him back to potentially ruin him further. I just went through one of my favorite characters growing up as a child, get butchered and destroyed 
going forward and i don't want to see that happen to anybody else that i love is this uh, is this a reference to something recent that came out yes yes is this an opinion about star wars <laughs> no this is an okay. opinion about uh john halo oh okay yeah 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 oh yeah i got you all right so maybe better to yeah. leave i didn't know if maybe sleeping dogs lying yeah i didn't know if maybe you're making like an obi-wan reference i was like i thought obi-wan was all right um i, I got you with the halo show Okay, so you're you're saying we've got a complete story. We have a complete character arc. Everything is good where we left it off. Let's move on with some other characters. Yeah, pretty much. Like uh, we've we got it. We should let some other people have the the spotlight. Uh, maybe do some character customization because uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I got tired of playing the same character ninety to a hundred times over the last decade. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So I have a feeling some of you guys are going to disagree with this. Does anybody agree with this? Does anybody else feel like, yes, absolutely. And feel free to chime in. We've got a few, we've got a few hands being raised. It's actually about I, half, half the audience here. William, do you have something? I kind of agree in the sense that, yeah, Shepard's story is kind of over. I wouldn't mind Shepard just being like a memory kind of thing like a statue you know maybe some flashbacks but outside of that like i don't really like i love shepherd but i don't really need to play a shepherd so to speak mm-hmm. but i do want the voice actors to come back in some other role if that makes sense oh yeah like talented voice actors can play other characters absolutely yeah. and not sound like the same person sure yeah sure that totally makes sense who else wants to chime in on this uh, agreement bandwagon I like the idea of Shepard being a non-player character. Like, let them be an advisor, somebody that you can go speak to about something. Or maybe they are the one who's bringing you up through the Spectre ranks. They're your Anderson? They are your Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Could Shepard just be Daddy? Daddy Shepard. Yeah, that's we've had theories about that too, right? Ooh, and maybe flashbacks of Daddy Shepard or Daddy Shepard still alive. I feel like Wesbotron's the spirit of what Wesbotron is saying here, though, is that he wouldn't still be alive. He would not yeah. be in it as a current day character at all. I have kind of a curveball. Or ball. they, I should say they. <clears throat> what if what if Shepard isn't really alive, but exists as an AI, as a sword? Because out of all the conversations that Edie had with Shepard, and being as intelligent as Edie is, I'm sure I could see the writers writing a way for Edie to have preserved Shepard in an AI form. Mm-hmm. And would, so then, you yeah. know, inherently unplayable, but alive slash not alive. Wes, which one, what do you, how do you feel about that? So I, the reasoning I would like him to stay dead is because if he's brought back, it kind of... harms the way that the series ends or the trilogy ends because what's the point of killing him off if you're just going to bring him back the very next time you get a chance to i find it kind of ruins that story element behind it yeah and he's already been killed off once before yeah it's like how many times are we gonna kill him off bring him back kill him off bring him back right right it's the whole comic book trope thing right of like oh none of the heroes actually die they always come back in some (laughs) way but I like the idea of uh, kind of like how the Protheans had their little AI holograms to give you your directions on how to get to point from point A to point B. Have them as like a 
not really them there, but a representation of them in some other form. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Paulo. So I think they kind of built in, I think they built in a way in the game where they could bring him back through a sense of a flashback, but the whole Liara historian thing where she interviews him and says, I want it, I want your story to be part of everything. We don't really get that, but that's, it's there. So they could easily bring him back just by showing us that part of, of her hit of her chronology or whatever. Yeah. And that would still fit Wesbatron's premise of them not being a current character. That's, you know, brought back from death. Okay. Okay. Does anybody adamantly, uh, Cloudy, do you have something you want to add? Mine's a thought after mine's a very similar thought. So I want to go after. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Feel free. We'll, we'll move on to you next. Is anybody else uh, on the opposite side of this where they absolutely want Shepard to be back and alive? Soda. Yeah, I, I totally would. I would love to play a shepherd again, but I wouldn't mind seeing him as in a role like you know Hackett or Anderson, as you know the mentor. Yeah, an NPC trilogy because Mass Effect, the Mass Effect trilogy, is as much Anderson's story alongside Shepard's story as together basically because you, you all, throughout all three games you you see all three of them in some way or form, some role. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. Uh, Mike, did you have something you want to chime in here with as well? Yeah, I was going to say, this can be my contribution to the episode because my disagreement comes from what I want to see in the next game. Is uh, I What I love most about Mass Effect is the relationship building that you do with all the different characters. And I, <clears throat> I've kind of realized as I started playing the Dragon Age series that what's special about Mass Effect is that you are able to build relationships with the same characters over a long period of time. Um, so, like, I'm playing Dragon Age Inquisition right now, and it's kind of cool to have, like, some characters come back, but it's weird that you're a different person. Right. So you don't, right. you don't have a continuation of your relationship with that person. It's like, oh, cool, this, this guy that I like is back, but I'm starting square one, and then it's this kind of it it doesn't quite feel as special as it did in mass effect when like you know you're you've gone through so much with this core group of people and i i kind of uh until until something that may or may or may not have been just a simple copy mistake came out a couple of weeks ago i uh <laughs> i didn't realize kind of how much i would like uh shepherd to be back if only because like Shepard feels so much like part of the family to me. And also is the vehicle through which I have built relationships with all the uh, other characters of the mass effect world. That makes sense. That makes sense. It does change your perspective of the other characters because you're viewing it through a different pair of eyes for a different character that you have been playing for so long. I, I can see that. I can totally see that. So if we were to get a mass effect five with all of like, or a number of the companions coming back, and yet you're playing as a different character. You don't have, like you're saying, you don't have that same history with all of them the way you would if you came back as Shepard again. Right. Like if you, if you if you were super super hardcore about some romantic interest in uh, Mass Effect and that like made the game for you, imagine how weird it would feel to play the next game and have 
your love interest come back and have to like kind of meet them for the first time and have it feel like they don't really know you at all. I feel like that and reseduce them really weird <laughs> or, or yeah. rebuild the relationship with them. However that works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally get that. But that's the thing. You're not rebuilding the relationship. It's that a relationship new relationship. Gone. Right. 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 You are a, a new person coming up with a new relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that's what I meant by you going through the steps of building a relationship again, but as a different character. Um, yeah, absolutely. That it's that it would be, I, I can see that as a good justification for, you know, some enjoyment in that. Uh, Cloudy, did you want to chime in here? You kind of, you said you had something that's kind of tangential. To yeah. This. It's actually a really good segue about like having relationships with previous uh, squad mates is, I've heard people suggest this multiple times. I really hope it's not the case. My hope is it will not be Liara and Shepard's kid. I have heard so many people suggest that as an option. They're like, it'll be great. You can play as an Asari this time. It'll be like from this previous relationship, people love Liara. And it's like, well, if you didn't romance her, then that doesn't like it uncanonizes so many people's like very important to some people, like their relationship from the previous game. Like some people are really attached to the companion they picked. And if you pick that, then it's just like, well, it didn't matter. And it's kind of tough too with like the destroy synthesis, that kind of ending. But my hope is that we are not their kid. Yeah, and I, I get you. There so, are some pretty troublesome implications. Um, you've got a lot of static going on your bike. I don't know what's going on there. Um, was that, you. is it good? And now it's better. I don't know. Okay. That was weird. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that happened, what that was. Um, Anyway, there are some troublesome implications with the non, like if your shepherd did not romance Liara and yet Liara is having your child. Uh, because as we know from the Asari episode, it's kind of up to the Asari, whether or not that they take the genetic, uh, material from the partner and become pregnant. So, uh, the it's, it's canon that Liara has melded with shepherd, you know, done the whole like mind melt thing. Um, number of times throughout the series. Uh, and I'm not sure if we know, and I could be wrong here. I'm sure someone will correct me, but I'm not sure what the gestation period for Asari is. Um, given that the entire period of the game only takes place over two and a half, three years. Um, and Asari lived to be thousand, uh, gestation period could be longer. Uh, well, but, and also they meld minds at the end of three. Exactly. Like, and that's deny that gift, but it's like. Exactly. And, and you kind of get a very similar scene regardless of whether or not you've romanced her. Um, and so if my point is that if you didn't romance Liara and Liara did decide to have your child, that is a really ethically sticky situation. Like. Uh, it might be interesting though to play it out because it is an ethically sticky situation could it also be that maybe because of the prothean um beacon that it was incidental and that the shock from the prothean beacons kind of just made it happen just you're saying it was beyond not. her control like yeah yeah that maybe yeah. something with the protean beacon with shepherd just triggered it and it wasn't liara's decision it just kind of happened yeah you could write something like that into there how do you guys feel about that what do you think about being th their child and and what cloudy was saying about like that forcing a canon 
decision beyond just the canonizing which decision was made at the end of three, but like a relationship canon decision. Is that is that like nope? Don't make don't make my relationship decisions for me. So to shaking his head, wind shaking her head, Paula shaking. Hundred percent agree. Don't canonize a relationship. Like that's what I experienced with the game. And then my thing is actually about the relationship, so I can go after that. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this conversation is going to segue into lots of other people's like main talking points. So it's kind of kind of naturally flow. Anybody else have any thoughts about the whole Shepard Liara thing and their child? Depends on the timeline of the new game. It, say that again. Depends on the timeline of the new game, like when it's taking place for me. Okay. So wh- wh- what, how do you play that out? Like what's your, what makes it okay? What makes it not okay in, in your like time? If it's like five, 600 years in the future, then I might, I'd be more okay with it than if it was 20 years in the future. Right. Or just like next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's, we're talking five, 600 years, which is what I'm kind of guessing is going to happen. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, most everyone's going to be dead except like Liara Rex and track. Oh, that's a, that's a big question. Cause that's uh, my assumption is that it wouldn't be that far in the future, but that's interesting because I'm sure we all have, we all have some sort of like headcanon for like, when would this take place? Man, that's, that's really interesting. All right, Jen, you want to share what you were thinking? Yeah. Mine was going off of the romance aspect of it, where I guess it's more of what I want to see in video games in general, where the, for Mass Effect, I believe that romance and who you fall in love with is a huge part of the game. Uh, I just don't want the relationship to end right before you go to the final mission and then the game is over and you no longer have any form of interaction interaction with your partner i would love to have you know uh, interactions leading up to a moment and then there are moments afterwards more interactions more like the maintaining yeah the maintaining of the relationship thing not just the falling in love and then now we're at the end of the story Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's interesting yeah you're right that seems to be the way these are set up Do you guys agree? Does anybody feel like they want more of that? Like, okay, well, let's do the like, let's set the relationship up, but then let's actually like live in it for a minute. Saw some nodding heads. Anyone want to chime in with thoughts on that? Chanko? Um, Yeah, I I think where a lot of video games fall short when it comes to the relationships is that they do kind of build it up, build it up, build it up. And then the romance scene happens right before the final push to the last mission. Um, I feel like allowing that culmination scene to come in at more of a midpoint and then giving more content towards the end and before it would kind of drive home the importance of the romance and how you, how much you love that character that you've chosen to pursue um, instead of it just being like uh, the three month space romance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you want some conversations about things like, Oh, what about kids or um, who's paying for this and who's paying for that? And how are we going to manage the finances or like, not just like a falling in love, but like an actual wedding ceremony. And then, the you know like stuff that happens after that like do you how much of this do how far do we want to go down this rabbit hole and that that also um it 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 brings it brings me to a point where i i 
this isn't just video games that this happens with. And it's not just mass effect. I've seen the trend in so many, so many different movies, particularly like young adult sci-fi movies uh, where it's like, there's this budding romance. And then, you know, the culmination is right before the climax of the movie pun intended. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. The climax is at the climax. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know uh, it's a tried and true formula. So I think that's why the writers went with it uh, like they did. It's but, the most yeah, exciting I, part of the relationship. It's not the most realistic part of the relationship. Sure. But I definitely see where Captain Shinko is coming from when it comes to if you fleshed it out earlier, then when you get to the story climax, then having to say like goodbye in a final run kind of situation, it is a lot more poignant. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could see a situation uh, and this is another I mean, this is a whole other can of worms to open up. But so many of these games focus in on like a very specific moment in time and everything kind of, you know, moves forward, but uh, very quickly in the timeline. But in a game like Mass Effect, where you have an entire galaxy to explore and lots of other places to go and side quests that might be important, you could have a scenario where much more time goes by depending on how much other stuff you do, right? So, like, a a quick falling in love relationship, that can happen over weeks, you know, or a few months. But what you guys are describing is like, well, what happens if this thing carries on for a year or two? Which it very well could in a scenario where you are taking care of things across the galaxy and spending a lot of time with these other people. Like, would you want to see a Mass Effect that takes... I don't know, happens, exists for over several years of story time. They did that with Dragon Age. Why can't they do it with Mass Effect? Yeah. Is I that mean, is that what you want for Mass Effect, though? But would that be a better way to do this as well? Or would you like, what do you think? OK, I guess it depends on what the storyline of the new Mass Effect game is. If it is, a, I, they're rebuilding the universe, rebuilding the relays. That's going to take time. If you tell me that the relay got rebuilt in a month and a half, I'm going to call BS on that. Sure. No, that's going to take a long time. And right. if you play it out a long game like that, you definitely can build a long-term relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is those two things would, would make more sense together, right? If we're going to build out long relationships, then let's also have a game that just doesn't culminate in, you know, in weeks of time. If, if that, um, I don't know, just another thought kind of going down that, that line. Anyone else have any thoughts on this one? Uh, I saw, Paul, I got one. Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. Whisper. So, uh, I like the idea how you mentioned, like just have like a random wedding ceremony. I want just like, out of nowhere, you know, you're in the middle of an important mission and you're like, wait one second. I want to bring my girl to the movies and then have like a short 30 second clip of you like having fun instead of just looking at each other in a room. Yeah, we haven't been spending any quality time together. Let's, let's go do that for a minute. Dates. I would love dates. Yeah, or going out to eat on the Citadel. Mm-hmm. There you go. Dragon, like, at Dragon Age Origins right. did that. You could turn around mid-conversation at any point in time and kiss your love interest while they were there. And your other party members would comment in on it like, do we really have to watch this again? Get a room. Or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was adorable. I loved it. Yeah. I want that in five. Yeah. I see where you're going. We need to get on the phone with Bioware. Mass Effect dating sim. Let's go. 
I really, I mean, that that was something that was pitched before. I really think that people would buy into that as just even a funny little side game. Um, so did you had a thought too? You want to chime in? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking was like I know we have the whole relationship aspect. What about all the decisions that we made in the prior games? Like you know, I would love to have see at least see some implementation of you know the whole. Um, oh gosh, You're character. Talking. It like you know how you from one to two to three you input your character into the next game. Mm-hmm. Like you know, at least input those character decisions into five at least to make sure that your have- your previous <laughs> character was so the same way that you could carry over from one to two or two I mean, to three yeah it doesn't have to, if, even if they don't have the same character at least the decision of that the previous three games that you've made also kind of carry over right like if you start a new game as three today and you go through the little tutorial intro thing where it's like this thing happened what did shepherd do then you get to answer that stuff like you could build that out or you could just pull your save file over something like that and even if like this way if for all the modeling if they do have statues of shepherd or something like that or whatever they decide oh. to do like it it brings in your shepherd into the game whether he be dead alive or something i get where you're going yeah that makes sense that makes sense uh Wesbo? Yeah, uh, about that, because Bioware has actually done something very similar with Dragon Age Inquisition. They have their own website where you can go back through every game, choose every individual decision you've made, also import your character from that game into your new game. So in because in uh, Inquisition, it imports your Dragon Age 2 Hawk character that you've designed. So uh, they've done it already, so I can see them doing it similar to Mass Effect 5 to save everybody the hassle of replaying the entire trilogy again. Yeah, that Unless feature really want to. That feature is really cool. Uh, if you haven't used it before, you should go check it out. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, th- I don't think anybody does anybody not want that. I think that's pretty like a pretty solid recommendation. Well, uh, if uh, I'm going to import characters and decisions, can I mix and match between different saves? Because well, this would be the have- kind of thing like on a website where you get to go choose the decisions you made and that those carry into the new game so in that scenario you could you could say well i'm going to take my decisions from mass effect one so i'm going to these are what i did in mass effect one but then mass effect two the other playthrough i did i like what i did better so these are the decisions i'm going to go with for mass effect two or mass effect three yeah yeah Yeah. so that's that's a really good question is like how do you how do you deal with multiple playthroughs well you could probably pick one or you do the tutorial like generator thing right that totally makes sense as well all right Man, this is this has been some interesting uh, stuff you guys have brought up. I'm not sure exactly how many of you I've hit ex- on what your specific thoughts were and what you already were going to bring and how much of this has just kind of shifted into something that was, you know, tangentially related to something else that, that already came up. But we're going to figure that out when we get back from the mid break because we have to go thank our patrons. So that's you guys and everyone else who supported the show. So we'll be right back. Message coming in. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love 
Marvel comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. So huge thanks to all of you guys, all of our patrons as well, for supporting the show and for being here. Um, Sam and I very, very much appreciate it. And uh, we've also got a new review to go over. Um, Sam, any other any other kind words you want to share while everybody's here? Or should I just start saying my thanks? Yeah, um, of course. You know, I I said it before about how this this podcast, this community, uh, the people who have supported us, uh, kind of they don't just help me decompress, uh, but it's it it re- it recharges me to the point where it helps me go back to work at my full time job. And that's be, like this. I bring this up because like uh, coworkers of mine have been like, you know, our work is pretty exhausting. How do you manage something on the side as well? And I was like, honestly, I don't know if I can manage it without the thing on the side. Uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. Just a tangible way that I want you all to know that it helps me individually. Yeah. So big shout outs to Awuga Shepherd who left the review this week. And uh, I think it's Bonesy's. I think I. I mentioned last week and then also Wesbotron. Wesbotron's new as well. well. Thanks Wesbotron. And that means we're up to uh 61 61 patrons. Thank you to all of you guys and shout outs to all our shepherd tier patrons. Kolkashins, Captain Shanko, Kira, Lieutenant Tosino, Pipe Man, Rain and Big Bills 63. Thank you to all of you guys. Man, you're the best. Um the uh, Awuga Shepherd review is short and sweet. Uh, they wrote uh, from the United States on Apple Podcasts. Excellent podcast. Five stars only recently discovered this podcast and have been grinding to get through. Can't get enough Mass Effect content. And this podcast is a diamond in the rough. So thank you so much, Awuga. Wow. So, um, yeah. And just to echo Sam's words, I don't have a different job anymore. I have to go back to. But I sure as hell. Um, appreciative of you guys making this something that I can do full time. So thank you for being here. Um, genuinely, this has been a dream of mine that I've been working at for decades to make real. And uh, with your support, I'm able to do so. So thank you very, 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 very much. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right. So now that we're back, who hasn't gone yet and would like to toss up one of the things that they'd like to see in Mass Effect 4? Win? Win's ready. Win, what are you thinking? Uh, two quick things. Um, the 
they're from andromeda actually um okay. the combat system like how you like fought like jumping around the booster jet booster packs that was pretty fun i'm getting a lot of nods then, a lot of nods on the screen i was like yeah yes <laughs> yes and then like the inter-squad relationships like not only are you interacting with your squad mates but the squad mates are interacting with each other that was fun because it creates a more like realistic kind of dynamic environment and all of that. I'm seeing a lot of nods. I, I have a feeling you hit on some other universally like, yes, absolutely. This sounds awesome. That is one of the things that Andromeda has kind of a leg up on is and generally speaking, a lot of people did like the combat improvements and like the movement and stuff like that. Do you guys agree with that? Is that something you'd like to see carried over to, to five? Anybody else want to chime in with specific thoughts on this one? Absolutely. I love the banter that the party mates or that the squad mates have between each other. If they can get into fights, they can fall in love, they can become best friends. And I would love to see that in the next game as well. Give me more relationships. I'm here for it. Yeah, that stuff's cool, especially when you like something happens on the side and you're like, did that just did that just happen? You have those moments of like, really? Oh, that's that's crazy. Apollo? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. The character, the side character banter in Andromeda is as good as it gets. Like one of my favorite things from many games is when I was riding around with Cora and PB and they were talking about my butt for five minutes. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Note to self, add more butt conversations. That's what one of the developers right now is like, all right, they like the butt conversations. All right. Do you think uh, if Shepard does come back that he could, instead of like America's ass, he could be like the galaxy's ass? I think making that uh, editorial call would certainly be them covering the rear. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and now the now the show's over. We're just done. Hey, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. All right. I, th- I think when I think you hit a, a solid one here. Anyone else have any thoughts on this one? Shanko. Uh- I definitely want to see that combat system come back, but maybe. Um, build in like the almost like the tree system that they had in andromeda to where you can build non-class specific characters like i i typically would play as a sentinel um so when i played andromeda i essentially just built a sentinel and i'd still like that capability but i did appreciate the added types of mobilities that were given to us in andromeda gotcha yeah somebody else wanted to chime in Notes. Or just give me Doom Eternal's combat system, we'll call it a day. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, man, that would be nuts. Soda, you wanted to say something, too? Uh, I, yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly enjoy the combat system if they implemented the Andromeda combat. Um, as long as you go to a planet that stays clear like it would in Mass Effect, the trilogy instead of like re generating enemies right right so that you would leave that away but the actual like moment to moment combat definitely take that and i think that's something that you could totally do with like i mean they're moving to the unreal engine and unreal engine combat mechanics work great i mean there's lots of games that use that for, for first first person third person all sorts of different kind of combat yeah. stuff 
if they if they keep the mobility that they implemented and the maneuverability that they implemented in Andromeda, but they pair that up with the uh, how it, how it really felt like you were going to a different planet in the original Mass Effect One's exploration, uh, I think they could be onto something you know like <laughs> miraculous. Um, uh, but I just hope that they don't fall into the Mass Effect Andromeda trap of. Um, here are four planets that you're going to revisit each one once. So, you know, Jedi Fallen Order did the same thing. Yes. Yeah, that was a that's a trip of the studio that uh did Jedi Fallen Order. Like that that's that studio in particular, I feel like they do that in every game they make, but and that might be a whole other side thing. All right. Who wants to go I don't next? Know if this or, is, uh, oh, Mike, uh, go ahead. Sorry, but one more thing about the combat system. I don't know how hot of a take this is. But I desperately, desperately want the next game to still be able to stop time during combat and have a power wheel kind of thing. That's an old holdover from like early Bioware games. This when everything was like top down RPG. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I've I I guess I'm somewhat of a strategy person or a role playing person, but like the. One thing I, I haven't finished Andromeda, but the only thing that I didn't like about it was that I felt like I didn't know what I do at any time. Like it felt like the kind of game where you had to like really do a lot of combat and get really into it to like learn how to do everything on the fly like that and not being able to like stop time and tell your squad mates to do a certain thing or, you know, like I, you only had like three powers at a time and at any moment i couldn't tell you what my three powers were because i like <laughs> wasn't able to like look at them enough to remember which ones that i had yeah. so like yeah being able to stop time like that is like huge for me i feel like there's a much higher strategy element that is lost when you take that away like you could put the game on a much higher difficulty and pause and play and pause and play and pause and plays and really micromanage how things work right yeah I, I wonder, I mean, this isn't, I can only say so much about this, but I, I've also wonder how much of an accessibility issue it could be for some people, because like, I know that I, um, it's, I'm just not much of a, a gamer. So like even playing on casual, like my first time to the trilogy, I got totally bodied and like, I, I could see if anybody has like any kind of accessibility issues that like, uh, having that be completely removed could make the game just like too fast, too fast paced for some people to be able to play it at all. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's a solid point. Yeah. I think there are the, maybe the first, tri- the original trilogy even has some appeal to people who would otherwise not play something that was so heavily, you know, shootery because you can play it a little bit more methodically and a little bit more carefully and pause and take your time. Issue commands, rely on your, your, com- Companions, all of that. Yeah, that totally makes a lot of sense. All right, who wants to go next? William. I saw William and uh, I saw X Factor. We'll do William and then we'll do X Factor. So this might be controversial, but I want uh, Reapers, Geth, and the Remnant, Jardan, all to merge somehow into a storyline. In, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Merge somehow in a, in the storyline or, or together into like... No, in the storyline. In the okay. storyline. Because they did say they were bringing... They purposely put Andromeda in the trailer. 
And there was a purpose behind that. So I want to know what that purpose is. Also, I want to finish the story with the remnant. And maybe I'm weird on that, but I like this. I, I was curious as to what happened and what caused that fight. And obviously the Geth could see what was going on before anyone else with their technology. Mm-hmm. And the remnant, I mean, and the, you have dead reapers. I want to get inside of a dead reaper. Okay. And so, canon at something. so it's it's almost like you're designing a scenario where there's some sort of greater big bad or there's some sort of greater ancient technology that allows traversal across from galaxy to galaxy easier than what has previously been done. Is this kind of. I mean, it's yeah, it sounds like that's what they were hinting at at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So you so, want to see that get fleshed out even more. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. What do you guys think about this one? Anybody else have thoughts? Sam? I, I also want them to flesh that out a little bit. Um, however, uh, if they're going to make another game that is only in the Andromeda galaxy, oh my God. Um, <laughs> Both galaxies. Well, I, I feel like they would need to flesh out, they didn't need more races and more, like there's just, they need to go deeper with that if they did, right? <laughs> Yeah, if if they if they found a way to link both, um, I would I would find it palatable. But I, <laughs> I don't um, I don't think I'm like I've ever disguised my dislike of Andromeda's uh, I don't know whole feeling toward the lore. Um, I do want them to explain it more. That way, maybe we can get some depth around it, and it stops being the generic uh star trek bad guy that the cat were or you know what i mean what, what i mean by that yeah. and yeah. um so yeah they have an opportunity to do that and i think that would be nice yeah makes sense anyone else want to chime in on this one i'm all in for more gas yeah sign you up for more geth all right oh yeah all right yeah i mean i think this is a cool idea i think I think at this point, if you leave some of that Andromeda stuff hanging out there, people are, some people are going to be like, what, what even about this stuff? Um, but if you were to actually kind of bring everything together in some sort of greater picture, I think that is probably a cool way to add a little bit more credibility to the kind of the stepchild game of the series. Dark energy. Yeah. 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 That totally makes Nano sense. Nanomachine, son. Yeah. All right. X Factor. I know you wanted to chime in. What do you what do you want to see? All right. So um kind of what I have in mind is a little bit more feature based because I'm kind of uh the mind of how y'all were saying earlier that fresh character, you know, just it wouldn't feel right to put like to make Shepard hop back in the saddle after they, you know, smoke the Reaper's boots. That just doesn't seem right. But with that in mind, if we're going fresh, what I need, I need a fresh um character creator. I need that I need an overhaul of that. More, uh, most importantly for me, I need m- more in depth, better research black hairstyles because I'm not gonna lie, yeah, we fumbled the bag. <laughs> they fumbled the bag in Andromeda with how the um, how the hairstyles were. They did Liam dirty. I'm tired of seeing skin fades, messy froze, and bad cornrows. If you could just <laughs> do that, <laughs> that's if you like, could just do that. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, sorry, I'm agreeing with you. That's like the sin of like almost every game developer is like, here are like 12 different, you know, white female hairstyles with all these different really cool types of hair. Right. Or like, or, and then they get to black hairstyles and it's like, 
three. I just, I just, I just sprinkle the fro in there, it'll be okay. Right. And then not just not just for black people. I just I kind of want a more in depth creator for like you know all people of color, you know all marginalized individuals who feel like they get they're under underrepresented. Yeah. To uh, get a chance to you know flesh out a character that they feel like can probably represent them in this you know why in this vast universe that they you know created over the last you know decade plus, and I feel like that would be you know something to look forward to. Yeah, you're getting a lot of agreement uh, among the uh, panel here. People, people cheering. Uh, Win, you want to chime in? The, the the small eyes in the Mass Effect character creator. If you pick the small eyes, like like in cutscenes, the eyes like roll back in the head, and it's it looks awful. So I, I can't make an Asian person look good on Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very important thing, and I know I'm I'm preaching to the crowd here. This is something this is something I talk about with my son when we watch Miss Marvel, and I'm like, look, you have a character that represents is not just a white kid, you know, like this is awesome. There's a reason, and I I believe like you guys that there's real power in being able to see yourself in important fictional characters because it's motivational. It it makes you feel like you can like. Fiction has a role in our society and it inspires people to do more than they would otherwise. And when you can see yourself in those characters, that's that's where it really syncs up. And so, yeah, wholeheartedly, I, I totally agree. And then last thing with that, I will say with the remastered edition, they did make up a little bit of ground. They let, they let my shepherd get the uh, 90s Will Smith uh, high top. I made up for just a little bit. So they're on the right track. With that one. <laughs> they're getting there. The Fresh Prince look. <laughs> nice. Nice. Anybody else want to chime in on this one? Any other looks do you think they could do better with? I'm Tanka? with Wynn about the eyes. I, too, wish that I had uh, more eye options that looked like mine mm-hmm. and not in a horrifying way. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. Can we get a body slider? I don't want to be a noodle arm femme chef again. Like, what is up with that? Like, she's punching Yogg in the face and her arms are as big as mine and I do nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she needs to have, like, mighty Thor arms. Can I get a realistic male shepherd rocking the dad bod? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Let's go the other direction. What we're saying is we need Madden's body creator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, oh, what's the, what's the crazy game? That's like GTA, but not GTA. I'd say like the WWE, uh, player creators, uh, the world, the wrestling ones, because those built muscle very right. Like that's their whole thing. So they have built the jacked up guys, but that don't look creepy like Vega style. Um, (laughs) Uh, and the, but then the they've also got the really the strong. Yeah. They've got the strong, powerful women on there too, because they modeled them after the actual, real, physical, strong women of the WWE. Right. So yes, Cloudy, I am with you a thousand percent. Give me body sliders. Give me every different customization that I can, because I don't care what my shepherd's face looks like. I want her body to look like mine. That makes sense. That makes sense. Also, those those games in particular you can make really weird bodies as well like totally messed up looking bodies oh like, we're gonna need a contest uh, the, the best looking just oh, the, the most out there i was gonna save mine to the end i'm i'm hoping you get to generate your own character and you get to pick the race and that you could even be a volus i want a f- I want a funny little volus body but i want him to be badass 
That is. So you started blasting? Yes. So I started blasting. Danny DeVolis um, live streams. Absolutely. I want to make Danny DeVolis and I want him to be a biotic god. Absolutely. So you're a biotic god Volus against the Yogg. Sure. Got it. Yeah. Yes. Now, Um, what if you could, using any photo that you upload, auto-generate a character? That would be interesting. It would. I mean, I do. I feel like that really gets close to the whole like, uh, that that what's it called? The gap. The uh, uncanny valley. Uncanny valley. Yeah. Like because you know that that's not going to look exactly like what you look like, and your character is going to look a little bit different from all the other NPCs they made because it has more slightly more realistic proportions and stuff like a human does compared to the characters in the game, and then everything's going to be weird. I don't know. That's just what my I, gut says about that kind of tech. I will say that is well intentioned to try to get people to feel very immersive and like you're really playing yourself. But the meme potential of a technology like that is true, true, unimaginable. Yes. Yes. And the times where I've seen in games where you like take your face, like Madden did this, didn't they? Take a picture of your face and put it on a character. It looks super weird. Like, yeah. Okay. 2K did, 2K, 2K did it. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, EA, EA tried it. Yeah. Oh, man. I want to see myself, but I don't want to see myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I meant like the idealized version of myself. Is that what you're saying? I want my face on like Wonder Woman's body. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Or you could take. Uh, if that uh, f- uh, photo technology comes up, I could make Clint Howard my first uh, uh, Mass Effect character. There you go. That's exactly what I was saying. I was saying that you could upload a photo of Danny DeVito and <laughs> have actual Danny DeVito Shepard. I mean, of course, like most people would use it for pictures of themselves, but or, you could, I mean, you could really, you can make Carrot Top Shepard. Or Waluigi. And it just comes out like a flanky cartoon guy. <laughs> Gary Seinfeld. How about a Darth Vader head on a bolus? Darth Volus. I'm down. Same breathing noises. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, almost. Yeah. All right, man. This has been great. Who hasn't gone yet and wants to chime in? Apollo and I'm I'm just going to call you Borg. I'm going to mess up the front part of your name. Um, Paula, do you want to go? Okay, well, you st- you jumped in and stole my idea. Oh, did but, I? Oh, uh, no, yes. I'm so sorry. But I'll I'll expand on it a little bit, because that's what I was thinking from your earlier thing in the Discord. I want to be able to play as any any of the races, and I would like Bioware to, like, change how other people interact, how other people you meet interact with you based on that race, because as of now, we're only seeing how people interact with humans. You know, make it... I, I know this is a big ask, but make it where if you're a Quarian or whatever, they're going to act interact with you slightly different based on their perception of your race. Because I would love to be a Quarian, and depending on how far in the future it is, like my backstory would be that I was either a child when Cerberus attacked and Jillian Ander- and Jillian Grayson helped defend the Quarian fleet or descended from them and like tie things back in. I think they have a lot of opportunity if they like to play as a different race to tie, to put little Easter eggs and tie things back to the original trilogy or even the external media. Like I think there's a lot they could do with it. 
Yeah, Elder Scrolls games do that a little bit. Um, I would imagine that you'd want to dive into that a li- even more in order to really make that fleshed out and feel feel solid. Um, Dragon Age Origins did that? Uh, San in chat says, it's been so long since I played Dragon Age Origins. What do you guys think? Anybody have thoughts on this one? Be any race? Wesbo? Oh, it's it's a must at this point. We've played as a human for the last four games. Let us play as anything else. Mm-hmm. Ban humans. No human customization. Anything Ooh, else. Wow, you no, are full of the hot takes today, wow. Wesbo. Um, I don't know. People would be upset about that. That's interesting. I gotta, I gotta disagree uh, because you have to think of the burden that that's going to place on the writing team. Um, and if you want a very well fleshed out written story, which is, I think why most people who didn't like Andromeda didn't like it. Um, if you want that deep writing, you need to give writers that uh, limited scope in order to get a better depth. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give writers a, a, a wide enough canvas, they're going to have to use a shotgun. Uh, but if you give them a small enough canvas, they can snipe the fuck out of something. Um, and <laughs> that's a weird image, I, but okay. This is, this is coming from a, a place where I, I'm a writer. Um, and so if you, if you give me a very, very wide prompt, I'm going to be deadly honest with you. It's going to take me a long time, a long, long time. And it's probably going to be superficial for each different topic. Yeah, I would. I would counter that with they've done it on some level in Elder Scrolls games where most of the mainline stuff doesn't have anything to do with your race, but individual characters or even NPCs in the world will comment based on your stuff. And so it's almost like they do a main pass of the story that plays out exactly the same as all the options you would get if you were any character, any race, whatever. And then they go back and do a pass where they're like, okay, but this character's racist. So now there's one piece of dialogue for this character where they point out that they don't like you, but they're still going to help you out. Or, um, you know, characters you pass on the street are like, ah, go back to your homeland, you know, or whatever. Right. Because they happen to not like your race or somebody who is your race gets an extra little piece of dialogue where, you know, that or a, a little, you know, tweak where you can convince them to help you out without as much difficulty because, they associate better with you or whatever. Right. Sure. There are ways of doing it, but I I see, I see your point. It it does create more complexity. Absolutely. All player reactions would need to be written in the perspective of that race. And I'm not sure how well that would translate. If you were to confine it to a set of races that are more galactically um, welcomed or uh, like, like keep it as human, and I don't know the next like the, the main three races from the Citadel and then maybe one or two others and you don't go so far afield like you're not a Vorcha or something right because nobody's going to want to deal with you then you can kind of limit it because most people are just going to treat you like a person because they're used to dealing with other people who are, are, are those main races does that make sense so you, you could kind of limit it that way yeah it's like an anti-Elder Scrolls approach where you're never the outlander <laughs> yeah yeah and maybe but maybe you are for very specific situations in like a subquest somewhere or a, on a specific planet and so you write in that stuff for that one outlier situation which again is a very focused thing and it's a very specific thing like you're saying but, it, but it's not so broad as like 
every dialogue across the entire sure. game. And and I'm not I'm not refuting the fact that maybe they do go, go this route in the next Mass Effect where you play as an alien race. But I don't think that they're going to uh, let you pick whatever race you want. Yeah. Yeah, and it's K- just too much work. Cage Nephilim in chat says, uh, also, you would need different voice actors for each race, so it would be expensive. The solution to that is have an unvoiced protagonist. So, well, and I was also thinking something like something along the lines of like how Cyberpunk did it, where the whole the game starts here for everybody, but depending on what race you pick, you get a thirty minute. How you get there is different. So, depending on your race, you play for 25 30 minutes something like that so you have a different way of getting through the prologue and that's something they can do different for every race so it's just a little bit of a different game depending on what race you pick yeah i could see that i could see that any other thoughts on this one yeah uh, the the silent protagonist i feel like only works in very certain circumstances like there's a whole community online that is very pro silent protagonist with uh, Bethesda games, for example, yeah. because they they were all silent protagonists until Fallout Four, and then they were like, "No, don't make me have a voice. Don't make me say things a certain way. I want to imagine. I see the dialogue of what my character's saying, but I want to imagine it's being presented in the way that I would present it, and so it leaves more to my imagination. And so they're very happy with a game like Starfield not having a voiced protagonist. Mm-hmm. So. There is that community that is a very possible thing, but I totally get what you're saying as well, where like if you have, a, you know, what, that's what we're used to in Mass Effect is a voiced protagonist. This character has their voice actors. They have their presentation. This is who they are. Yeah. And, and I think a large part of the uh, admiration of the series comes from the emotional impact that some of the lines we hear from our own character deliver. Um and so if we didn't have that voice protagonist, we're taking away not just uh, not just, you know, the lines that they deliver, but we're also kind of taking the edge away from the lines that are delivered to us because it's all about reactions too, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I don't get me wrong. I love Bethesda games. I love I love how they handle the unvoiced protagonist thing. And maybe this is a hot take, but I think Fallout 4 might have been better with an unvoiced protagonist. Yeah, I think there's a big split. I think some people are one side, some people are the other. Like it that is a significant split in the way you create a, an RPG. And some people prefer one, some people prefer the other. It doesn't mean one's better than the other, right? Like everyone has their preference. So, that is in, it's interesting though. Like how do you do multiple character types and character races and genders and all of those things without having lots of voice actors that's one solution true is it worth that sacrifice in order to get the flexibility in the character creator yeah well i don't know himborg uh we haven't spoken with yeah yeah let's move on yeah uh, i really want a a proper morality system so it's uh, I, i like the that you have paragon and renegade but but I, I I don't like that it forces you to play only Paragon, only Renegade. I want to also play a more neutral character, or so that you have different choices. Yeah, kind of the way the system's set up now kind of uh, steers you towards one or the other because that's the, kind of the min max system, yeah. right? Yeah, choices are locked otherwise, and you're missing out on some parts of the game. You know, yeah, I was I was joking with some friends uh, and only half joking that I've done so many different runs now. I've done a Paragon run, Renegade run, uh, but I've never done a true neutral run. 
And I think the true neutral run might be the worst possible timeline because so many outcomes are going to be locked to me. I'm not going to have enough Paragon or Renegade points. So I, I get where you're coming from, Himborg, and I agree. Yeah. Um, maybe if the next Mass Effect had a, a morality system more similar to how is your standing with a, this faction? You know what I mean? Uh, like like Fallout New <laughs> Vegas had. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I have started, uh, well, in my last playthrough, I uh, went into the files and uh, edited it so that I have Max, Paragon, and Renegade in all the games so that I could play just how I wanted to. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so now now you're not locked out of certain decisions. You get to make decisions just like a real human would, where just because you've been nicer all of these times doesn't mean you can, can't turn around and do something the opposite. Like That being said, what are two yeah. decisions that you've made in the games that are like conflicting. Well, I, I usually play a, a Paragon for most decisions, but uh, there are some times where, I, uh, for example, uh, oh, you want to punch someone I, in the I, face? No, no, I didn't <laughs> do that. But uh, maybe I, I want to speak to a character in a that I, I don't really like and want to really show that I, that I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so, nothing uh, wrong with being a dick to people like, I don't know, the elusive man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you want to respond emotionally and you want to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I felt like Andromeda did decent with that. Like there wasn't a morality thing, but so I could, I could play true chaotic neutral or chaotic good or chaotic evil and just screw with people and headbutt people and start bar fights. And I really enjoyed that part. (laughs) Yes. However, I think that they didn't let you go far enough with being an asshole. In, in 100% agree. I wanted to punch more people and headbutt more people. Everybody wants a bigger asshole. Wait, what? Uh, I was going to say, um, I'm sure there are some parts in the internet that that can be arranged. Uh, but <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> I'll get you I know touch. a guy. <laughs> I just want to hear a protagonist say, my hands are rated E for everyone and just call it out. Just call it a day. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody else want to talk about the whole morality thing? I think, I think I, I'm in agreement with you on this. I think that that would be a good feature. Jen, did you want to I think- chime in? The Andromeda one, I agree with Sam and Bill that uh, it was a little too open because my Lexi log that they have where she tells you how you're going on each of the scales ended up being true neutral. She said that I spent too much time with one person, that I spent too much time with people and that I isolated myself too much. They took things too seriously, (laughs) but I was also too flippant. So apparently I didn't hit high enough on any of the scales to have a cohesive rider at all. But I'm like, I went with what I would choose. So that means I am chaos. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Thing I would like uh, that falls along that is I've heard that there are some people who play Mass Effect like intentionally uh, where no matter what throughout the whole game, they don't choose any of the uh, like red and blue colored uh, Paragon Renegade options. So they intentionally only go with the like, normal, I haven't unlocked anything choices. And it kind of uh, it can be more enjoyable because it forces you to make harder decisions. Uh, 
you know, you don't have any get out of jail free cards. Uh, I've also heard uh, some people say that along those lines, they would really like it. Like they thought it would have been more compelling if no matter what somebody dies on the suicide mission, like there's no way to save everybody. Uh, And I I kind of wouldn't mind seeing, uh, seeing things get a little, a little more hardcore like that. I think that would be, really interesting because i feel like of the uh, major major decisions that people remember from mass effect are the ones that had dire consequences or or usually uh the decision you remember is oh yeah my first playthrough when i was 14 and i didn't know how all the mechanics worked and mm-hmm. i couldn't save the geth and the quarry and something like that and those are the ones that i feel like stick with you a lot some people yes. just want to watch the world burn more meaningful tragedy yeah. is exactly what I brought to uh, this episode and what I wanted from the next Mass Effect because I, I must be some level of a masochist uh, because I have wanted to make a playthrough where I am incapable of negotiating peace between the Geth and the Quarians and just something utterly tragic happening. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I've become jaded. I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to feel something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you've been working at your job too long. <laughs> it takes a toll very quickly. Um, but I also want, you know, meaningful tragedy. Like I've, I've done a playthrough or two where I, I romance someone, uh, on purpose knowing that they will die later. Um, or like That's I sad. will sacrifice. That is really sad. Like I, I romance, I did a playthrough where I was, I was getting closer to Ashley and I was romancing Ashley. And then I left her on Vermeyer because she like advocates for it. And, and like I've spoken about in a previous episode, it is kind of the culmination of her redemption arc where she, uh, you know, at first when you meet her, she says all these racist things about aliens, but then when you dive into it, it turns out that it's built out of shame from her, her great grandfather surrendering right to Turians. And then she gives up her life for aliens on, on Vermeer. And in my opinion, uh, reverses the stain or any stain that may have existed, um, on her, her family's service record. And so I, I view that as somewhat of a redemption arc kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so I, I want more meaningful tragedy like that, or at least give, give us the tools to engineer the meaningful tragedy. It's nice. Yeah, that's a good, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's actually a, a very good example because it, it just occurred to me that I feel like, uh, Ashley or Caden is one of the huge decisions that everybody remembers. And if you think about it, especially as you get into Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, where I think th- those are the much bigger decisions, um, uh, Ashley or Caden is one of the only decisions that you actually have to make. It's, or it's one of the only things where it really is a pick one or the other. Because, you know, the, the big one, you know, four or the guest, uh, uh, I, th- I think uh, we talk about that one a lot. Like, that's one where you, you get Renegade or Paragon points, you know, high enough, and you don't actually have to make that decision. Or, like, you know, Randa and Jack's loyalty and Mass Effect 2, things like that. It's kind of like get enough points in, you don't actually have to make these decisions. You can just say, Hey everyone, why don't we all work together? And then they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's <laughs> we, do that. We thing. didn't think about that. You know, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, God, you can press, press, press blue or red for, Hey everybody. What if I had my cake and I ate it? 
and <laughs> and then you, and then you go on. Yeah. So it's like now that you brought it up, I I remember. Oh yeah, Ashley Arcaden is one of the only choices where you actually have to make a choice. There's no way to not make it, and that also kind of makes the uh, gives a lot of good replay. Um, value to the game i was i was just thinking i mentioned i'm halfway through like dragon age inquisition and i'm siding with the mages and i realized like oh if i like went through and sided with the templars it's like gonna be a completely different game and like that's one of the things that's cool about that i think mass effect is a more cohesive of a story where like there's individual decisions but they don't branch off that like that drastically Mm -hmm. And uh, having Ashley or Caden in your party, I feel like, is one of the things that does make the game very different. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think that, it. yeah, I'm, I'm just going to agree with you there. It's also nice when those things happen and they just feel organic. And like, oh, this is a decision I made and this is the result of it, you know, hours later. And it's tragic. And you can't just go back to one choice that was 15 minutes ago and change it. It's like, no, you made that choice, you know, five gameplay hours ago. <laughs> and this think, is the result. I think also, to his point, the other one, I think the Ashley and Caden decision was pretty, you have no choice. And then if you don't kill Rex, the genophage and Morden is pretty, it's a pretty hard one because that's pretty, you either, you either keep Morton alive and get Rex to hate you and eventually, and maybe eventually kill him or have to just deal with him being pissed off or you lose Morton and you save Rex. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's similar to the Spider-Man comic with Gwen Stacy. Um, I think that's her last name, right? Gwen. Yeah. Uh, of course, for those who don't know, it's inevitable. Gwen dies. Um, and there's just nothing really that Peter Parker can do. And that is one of the, when you talk to any Spider-Man fan, that was one of the standout moments that I think a lot of them reference because it just like real life, sometimes bad shit happens and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. And the sooner that you can realize that, that it was out of your control, um, the, the easier you're going to have recovering from it, even though it's so stereotypical for heroes in, in fiction to blame themselves. Right. Sure. But I, I think that's also a trait of somebody who actually cares. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's part of, part of why they're heroes. Yeah. Well guys, man, this has been awesome. Um, has anybody else not gone or feels like they had anything else they wanted to say soda? Oh, one thing there you are. Go ahead. I think the one thing I want, from in the next mass second wing is unlike you know in andromeda we only hear about vague vague stories of what happened in the milky way i would like to know like depending on how far in the future it's set what happens to all my squad mates like you know does uh garris become uh primarch of paladin or something like that or right right what, what happens to Rex. Like the credits in one of those, uh, you know, 80s, you know, I don't know, college comedies where they're like, this person went on to do this and this person went on to do. But like, but more realistically, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You want to know, like, and I think that that's definitely something that they're going to want to fill us in on 
whether that's directly by having those companions as part of, you know, the characters that you interact with or on your ship or whatever, or getting to certain locations and then meeting people who are like, oh, yeah, I know so and so or they or maybe they're an important NPC at that location or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a really cool idea. I, I, I totally think that that's probably something they've got in their sights. What do you guys think? Not general nods. Like, yes, good idea. Good idea, Soda. Honestly, I, I, I'm i hesitant to really confirm that anything is in their sights because I'm so cynical. Uh, really? That I, I mean, even I, with the characters that we've seen in like the yeah. photo, like that seems like we're getting more of these characters specifically. Well, what, what are the chances that everything that was in that trailer was purely meant as uh, we are working on the next game. Not that this is anything to do with it, but that, Hey, here's a recap with little nods to everything that has sure, already happened. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I th- Just a little fan service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. Like we don't really have it all fleshed out yet. So here's just something that'll re- make you remember things from the previous ones. Um, yeah. I, I feel like any developer is going to have a sense of priority of the things that they think will serve the fan base. And for, for a game series like Mass Effect, it's going to be, the game has to be formatted in a very similar way to the most popular ones. It has to feature these themes. And I, I would put like Soda's recommendation here that if it's going to take place in the future, that we're going to have some fleshing out of what happened to the characters we care about. Because if they didn't do that, I think that people would be very upset and I think they're they're aware like you can just you couldn't just set you know the future Mass Effect game 50 years from the from you know Mass Effect 3 and then just not bring any of that up with a whole different cast of characters and none of the named characters that you knew from the rest of the series show up anywhere they're just like non-existent like yeah that would that would be a death knell that would seem ridiculous you'd be shooting yourself in the foot like oh. people are going to be you know, people are, like so to said people are going to be like well, where's Garrus what did he go do some of these Weird characters years. live for centuries. They're somewhere, right? Right, right. Hot take, if it's 200 years in the future, Rex died from being molested by all the women trying to have his baby. <laughs> oh, and no. is now the leader of all the Krogan. <laughs> He's like a I don't know. I, I think I think Bakara would sooner fight them off. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he did have the, the frozen, the ice on the stool and the Citadel DLC. So that was kind of funny. I was like, Bakara set Rex up on dates. So I don't think Bakara is fighting anybody off. That's fair. What if <laughs> Mass Effect 5 point. is your Rex? <laughs> and you have to deal with all the ladies. The Rex dating sim. Right. I'd yeah. play. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a question. Is Rex on top or bottom? I think he's whatever, whatever they, de- yes. whatever she decides, I think is probably right, everybody. <laughs> All right. I think that signals that we have hit the end of our show. These have been some really awesome topics, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Um, Sam, any other thoughts about anything that was said so far before we go through and say goodbye to everybody and. Well, I, I loved all of your ideas. Uh, you know, I know I can sound a little bit cynical uh, and I am particularly tired today. So <laughs> but I did love all of your ideas and I'm sure I've been I've been keeping an eye on chat here. I'm sure a lot of you have some more ideas 
that we weren't able to fit in tonight. And that's why we have the discord uh, that we'd love to talk about them uh, in the mass effect Lorecast channel. And to everyone who's listening to, if you haven't joined, please join robots, radio discord, mass effect Lorecast channel. There's links in the description of the show underneath all that stuff, or just no, search, yeah. just search robots, radio discord. It comes and I'm streaming on Twitch and in seven, the legend. Yeah, go, go check out that stuff. All right, let's go through everybody real quick. If you've got something that you're doing that you want to share, some awesome thing that you're like, hey, check out this thing I do, or ways that people can reach out, or you just want to say, bye, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, now's your chance to do your thing. Genesis, thanks for being here again. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Genesis, one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast. If you like romance, you like video games, come at me. I mean, like... Uh, you know, the show. hit the at sign and then two girls, one ship or right. at sign Genesis. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Cloudy Atlas. I'm still doing art. Have a Twitter. Cloudy Atlas 22 in the discord. At me. I feel like it. Awesome. Awesome. And then Wesbotron. Thanks for joining us. Yes, it was fun. Uh, I'm kind of boring, so I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> You're not boring. You brought some really fun topics. Um, and, and thoughts on things. William, got anything going on? Uh, no, just thanks for being, or thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. I'm tired and I need to go swim in the morning. So there's that. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thanks for joining us. Soda, thanks for joining us again. Uh, no problem, uh, Tom. Um, if anyone, if you guys need to get a hold of me, I'm at Soda in the Discord or go check also go check out simulators anonymous on twitch and or simulators anonymous uh, um, dot com great great bunch of guys we loved to play a bunch of similar games so check us out awesome awesome vemberg vemborg i don't know one of these days i'll put it, it, it yeah it's it's a, it's it's a play on danish word so it's a, the h is silent Ah, so it's all right cool good to know thanks for joining us yeah thank you uh, well i'm just on the discord you can find me and it's also Wimborg. so uh, yeah there you go awesome awesome x factor thanks for being here you got anything going on uh appreciate y'all for having me it's been a, been a blast now i am one half of the uh nerdcore podcast i believe that's nerd space core you can find us on youtube and uh yeah this is cool just chopping up with you guys and just uh yeah appreciate you having me awesome awesome fellow podcaster that's awesome win thanks for being here you got anything going on thanks for having me i i don't do anything cool I just, <laughs> i'm just a fan <laughs> well hey no it's it's totally cool totally cool apollo all right well i'm not a creator so i i don't have anything going on much either but soda i own that exact recliner that is right behind you Wow. Yes. Wow. Popular chair. All right. Cool. And then Shanko. Uh, well, I am one half of the MC Lorecast, which isn't up yet, but we're working on it. We're very excited about it. It's about uh, the lore, comics, history, characters, and more of the MCU and Marvel comics in general. Um, and I guess, uh, Sam, whenever we talk about Gwen Stacy, you'll have to come back. We'll have to come on. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Sam. You can join them over there. They're part of the Ra- uh, robots radio rocket club as well. How do you feel about that, Sam? 
I feel daunted. Uh, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but I haven't read nearly enough of the comics, I think, to to be honored with a spot. Well, it might be fun to just get on to talk about what you do know, because it could be fun. Um, awesome. Well, good luck with that. And then, Mike, last but not least. Uh, I always plug, uh, go listen to the Music of Mass Effect uh, podcast in the Lorecast feed. Uh, I feel like once a month, somebody on discord tags me and says like oh i just started listening to the show and that was my my favorite episode so far and then i get to feel really cool for a minute yeah uh, a lot of people yeah. say that that's their favorite episode so well, i've heard a few so, people say that you sound like the elusive man mike i got that too i'm gonna have to start investing in i don't know cigarettes and soups. bourbon yeah. <laughs> all right uncomfortable, uncomfortable chairs. looking chairs yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so hey, this. if you're a new listener, go listen to that episode. And even if you hate it, tell me that it was your lie to me and say it was your favorite so that I'll get a, cause I, I need that throughout the day. Well, there you go. Yeah. We hear it a lot. People, people love that. Maybe, maybe we have to come back again and talk more music stuff somehow. Maybe we'll have to set that up. That would be awesome. Sam, you've got your, your game streams over at N7, the legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, streaming Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I had to take last Monday and Thursday off and this Monday just because of some wacky stuff with scheduling today. I was like driving six hours. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but I'm back to a regular schedule on Twitch and I just started mass effect three on my very first FemShep run. So, uh, if you're interested in coming by and chatting about the lore, I'd be, uh, honored to meet you and chat with you at in seven the legend on twitch and twitter nice nice and all my stuff in this show are at the robots radio channels on twitch and youtube and facebook and twitter and wherever else so come join us for that i stream some other stuff other times i do a bunch of other shows about the lore of other games like fallout and elder scrolls and the lord of the rings and you can find all that stuff at robotsradio.net and we you know just come join us we love you guys we love having you as part of our community and chatting, meeting new people. So thanks again for being here, everyone. We'll see you next time. I think we're taking off the fourth because it's a holiday. So we'll, uh, we may or may not have a release next week. Might just kind of I believe we do the, uh, we recorded it last week. Oh, that's week. right. That's uh, right. The, the, yes. what was going to be the bonus show last week. You're right. Yes. Is, uh, is scheduled for next week. So you'll get an episode where you just, we just won't be live. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And then we'll see you again live in two weeks. Um, but that's what we got going on. Thanks for being here, everyone. We'll see you next, next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.